Let's go. Dermot and Dave. <laughs> Phil. Good morning to you. Good morning, lads. How are you? Oh, we're great. We keep coming across Irish people who are making it big on Aussie television and wondering why the Australians haven't complained yet. Oh, I don't know if they haven't complained yet because I've definitely had a few little jabs in the pub. How do you let you bloody Irish on the TV? There's only a few million of you and everywhere we look, there's Irish everywhere. And now you're on our televisions as well. Well, not only on the televisions, but doing so well on the televisions. So g- give us your journey on MasterChef. So yeah, so I auditioned for MasterChef a couple of years ago and had a couple of cracks at getting on. It didn't quite make it, but yeah, I got onto it this year. So I was actually back home at the time they emailed to see would I come and audition again. And I wasn't too sure if I was going to go back or not. And my wife kind of talked me into it. She was like, I'd love just fill out the application for them and see what happens and got through the auditions and I was half thinking I'm not really going to get on it this year because every other year I'd, you know, I'd practice really hard and I'd work right up to the last minute whereas this year I was back home and kind of taking a bit of time out And how do you do it Phil? How do the auditions work? Obviously if you're going for something like, a, like Australian Idol you can stand up and sing a song I mean do you have to actually make something for them? Yeah there's a few rounds of cooking so you have to send in photos and videos of stuff that you're doing at home and then they kind of shortlist the people and then they bring you in and you do like a mystery box like you do on the show where they just literally bring a bunch of people in you do the mystery box and at the end they kind of say hey out of you 50, 25 of you move on to the next round and then you'll do another cook which would be like your signature cook and then they'll shortlist it down again and then you go and you cook for the judges and that very final cook and they either say yes or no to, to get in the apron. Jesus. So to get on the show is almost like Master Chef in itself and then you have to go through it all again except this time with the cameras on you like full glare of the spotlight. Yeah, but they, they don't like, they make the audition seem like it's the show, like there's the camera crew are there, the audio team, everything like, so you're on the spot from day one, really, you know. The TV show itself is a bit like a restaurant in terms of, you know, what we get served up as viewers is the polished, finished product. And we've no idea what really goes on behind the scenes. So what are the things that we don't know about the show? I think that the biggest thing you don't realize is how much time it takes to actually film one episode. Like we'll be on set for 12, 13 hours a day to film 45 minutes of television. And, you know, you'll do those walk ups to the, the set, you know, where you're doing your pretending like you're just walking up first thing in the morning and they'll film that 10, 15 times. And then the guys in the gantry pretending like you're walking into the gantry and they'll film that over and over to get all the different angles. But once you get in and they tell you what you're cooking, like you don't know what you're cooking that day, you'll literally turn up camera crews are there people everywhere it's like this is your challenge you got 60 minutes they kind of do a little cut where they reset the cameras and they explain the rules of the challenge so everyone knows what it is and then it's yeah straight into the cooking and everyone's favorite question is how do they taste the food like that when you know it's surely been sitting around for hours oh, and no, it that's, literally that was literally be... my next question to you <laughs> <laughs> so come on everyone yeah, so we'll we'll literally finish. They'll count down those five, four, three, two, one, and they'll come around to your bench and they'll taste everything while it's still warm. And they'll ask you if you can make a little side plate or something, so they can kind of get an idea on how it is. But they do judge on what they taste up at the the bench. So if you know if I give them some cooked meat at my bench and then I serve them something raw up at the, the top desk, that's what they'll judge on. But it is literally two, three hours later. You know, the whole place has been cleaned down. They've done all the photos, videos of the food, and they'll eat through it when it's in its coldest form. What? <laughs> that's terrible. I know, like they'll they'll taste it out of your your pot when you're kind of there at the bench when it finishes. But yeah, they'll eat it three hours later, and then they'll eat some cold steak and some cold chicken, and then and a finish on four or five desserts. And they must have stomachs of iron, I tell you. Just... <laughs> and you see them kind of like you see them all, like you scoop people like, as if it's really hot. You're like it's three hours later. <laughs> it's ruined everything for me now. Uh, so you did so well. Yeah, I think you were the seventh contestant to leave the show. Was Squid your downfall? 
It was. It was Squid and Rick Stein that was the the end of me, unfortunately. Yeah, I had never been a massive fan of Squid, and I'd never kind of prepped or cooked one before. And when I walked in that day and saw it was Squid, I kind of just, the nerves hit me, and I was like, oh, God, today could be the day, you know, when this Squid has been served up. But, yeah, it was obviously a bit disheartened to go out as early. But as someone said to me, I was the 12th best home cook in Australia for 2023. So not a bad title to have. What a claim. Absolutely. (laughs) And what was it about the squid dish that was so difficult? Was it the knowing the preparation or was it the way it was cooked or what was it? I think it was one was coming up with a dish and then knowing that you had to prep it from scratch. And you only, we only had 45 minutes as well in that cook. So it's it's not a lot of time really to pull a dish together, let alone clean and prep a squid from scratch, having never done it before. So I think I was just a bit rattled by the whole or of it as well as Rick Stein coming in too because he's a, like a living legend of food yeah. having Rick coming oh, yeah. in and getting to cook for him so yeah that was the, the combination but the standard was just really high that day as well I feel like the kind of crew that week had turned a corner the level of cooking had kind of stepped up another level and it's just good dish after good dish unfortunately and mine wasn't good enough You were on season 15 which was quite a poignant one because one of the judges actually passed away before it hit the air Yeah so yeah, sadly, Jock Sanfrillo, who was our Scottish judge from back home, was one of the judges for the last four seasons on the show. And yeah, that morning when it was originally meant to, to air, I was in here in the office and we were all getting our posts up on social media. The whole group was buzzing. Everyone was ready for episode one to air. And we got the call that Jock had sadly passed away in the middle of the night. And yeah, everything was just put in hold and it kind of really turned our whole world upside down. And I didn't even watch the first couple episodes, to be honest. I just wasn't able to. And I didn't even know if I was going to be able to watch the season. But as it kind of went on, watching the show and seeing Jock there and everyone together in the kitchen kind of cooking and happy and it gave us some good memories again and of course when we watched the finale and realised you know that was his his final time on air but I'm still so lucky to have met him like he made such a huge impact on me and had a great connection with him from from day one really it was great yeah. memories to have and what's the plan now I mean are, are you in demand uh, in in chefing circles or restaurants emailing you every day going come to us you know other than squid you're fine <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there's been too many fish restaurants reaching out to me apparently but <laughs> There's been one or two. So, yes, I've worked in a few restaurants in the city. So on the weekends when I can, I get around and try and keep in, in touch as possible. Like, I love that service side of it. I love the adrenaline of the kitchen and just cooking and creating and learning. And I do plan to do a good bit of travel next year and get back home with some fantastic restaurants in Ireland now that I got to visit when I was back home last year. So I want to come home and try and cook in a few spots around Ireland and learn a bit more about the, the Irish cuisine would be, be great to do. But, yeah, just doing a lot of work in wine at the moment as well. So doing some online wine buying at the moment which is my other kind of passion I lived in Italy last year and did the wine harvest and trying to just put the food and wine together and have my own wine bar space eventually is the plan and I believe you're married to an Italian so there's no shortage of good home cooking no, you would think that, but I think I married the only Italian that doesn't home cook in eight years of being together. She hasn't cooked for me once, so yeah, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> Fair play to you. Uh, well, look, Phil, real pleasure to talk to you. Delighted to hear that you're doing so well in Australia and that you've got more exciting plans uh, up your sleeve. Uh, maybe our paths will cross when you get back to your home turf of Ireland and uh, good luck getting back to Galway and catching up with all your friends and family. Absolutely, lads. And if you ever come to Melbourne, hit me up for a wine and I'll take care of you. You know, definitely will. Don't worry about that. We'll get Maria involved as well. You you might regret (laughs) that. No, we can't unleash Maria. Jesus. (laughs) Listen, Phil, thanks so much. Best of luck. Cheers, lads. Thank you so much. Dermot and Dave, weekdays from 9 a.m.